Hey, Linda and Drew Scott here. Welcome to At Home. Finally, a show where I don't have to wear a tie, a tool belt, or even pants. For all you know, we could be recording this from the toilet. For the past decade on Property Brothers, hundreds of families have invited us on their journey to create their dream homes. And with every family we met, we learned a little more about what really makes a house a home. Now we want to invite you to come along on our journey. To live in a treehouse. RV. A farm. Whatever it is, we have a lot to learn. That's where we bring in our lovely guests. They'll share their experiences on everything from building healthy relationships to growing baby carrots. I've always wondered about those. And speaking of babies, we want to be sure that we're playing our part in making the planet better for our future kids. We know that the changes we all want to see in the world start at home. I've always wanted to live in a treehouse. Doesn't everyone? This is At at home. Everyone. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us at home. Welcome to at home. You just said that. I did, but <laughs> two welcomes is better than one. Yes, hope you're all doing well. I'm excited for the new year. Not in a way that's like, screw 2020, but I feel like we've all gone through so much mentally, emotionally, physically, and we're eager to turn those experiences into something, mm-hmm. into something. You know, it's like what Rob Paulson said. When we chatted with him, he said, life's going to throw you a bunch of stinky lemons. But he did it in a great Animaniacs voice. Right, so, yes. Yeah. And you just have to turn those stinky lemons into a giant vat of lemonade. Mm, now I'm craving lemonade. <laughs> well, one thing that I learned from our conversations last year that I want to keep reminding myself is to be a better communicator with you, better for our relationship, but also with all of our diverse, talented team across the country. I think... You know, it'll help me be a better partner. It'll help me be a better team player at home and at work as well. Yep. And that brings us to today's guests, Ashley Hunsberger and Sunny Bonnell. We read their book, Rare Breed, last year. They are two amazingly talented and successful entrepreneurs. They founded Motto, a creative branding agency, and they are certainly rare breeds themselves. So Rare Breed helps us recognize our unique traits and personality traits in others to help us be more compassionate and understanding towards one another. And I love that because, you know, everybody has a rainbow of traits and this helps us sort of unlock our own strengths and also see our so-called vices or weaknesses as strengths as well. Isn't it so funny how we spend our entire lifetimes getting to know ourselves? It's why I love this book so much because it helped me understand and nourish the parts that make us rare breeds and you know, all the little quirks that make us us. And it means that if we're more us, we can show up better in our lives at home and at work. It's it's going to be really great to also to dig into Ashley and Sunny's journey together to see what inspired them to publish Rare Breed. So we'll unpack all the traits of Rare Breeds and dive into our traits. Ooh, Ooh. I wonder if people can guess what, traits what we are. dominant traits we are. I think it's pretty obvious. Sexy. <laughs> spicy. Mm, spicy and sexy. That's our dominant traits. Wait, this is like Spice Girls. Anyway, this is Ashley and Sunny. <laughs> okay, if ADT wasn't professional enough, now ADT installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. I mean, what are they going to do next? They're, they're going to start a country singing career. I would listen to a country band named ADT. Also, I like to know what's happening at our front door from virtually anywhere with my Google Nest doorbell. Just saying. Your Google Nest doorbell? I said our. He said my. Everybody check that. Yeah. All right. Well, I like to control my ADT smart devices like my lights, my locks. (laughs) 
my security system <laughs> with Google Nest speakers and displays. And I like to say, hey, Google, to get started. Listen, I said ours. I'm all about ours, not mine. <laughs> Help protect what matters most with all this, plus 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help make your home smarter and safer. Thank you so much for joining us. This is really exciting, especially for Linda, because she wants to dig into the weird depths of my mind and the rare breed that I am. <laughs> oh, I've been there and it's scary. It's scary. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We, we feel you. We're good. We're doing amazing. How are you? Great. Great. You know, I'm <laughs> noticing a little something in behind you. The the guitars, music is a big part of our lives. And I, yeah. I assume they're hanging, what, you have 8,000 guitars on the wall. So I take it it's a big part of your life? Absolutely. Well, I started playing when I was eight years old. So I grew up in a family of kind of singer-songwriters, folklorist, and uh, female singer-storytellers. And so I started really young and it's just been a huge part of my life ever since. And I, as I was saying, I kind of ran out of room earlier and... and <laughs> I just lined them up on the wall. So I, I ran out of spaces to put them. And now I have no going say in the matter. Vertical. <laughs> We've read your book, obviously. We've even flagged some pages, uh, but we, we absolutely love it. And I think this is the exciting thing for Linda and me is that we, you know, we work together. And we were, we've been together for 10 years. We've been married for coming up on three years. Uh, but I feel from, it's like unlocking a whole other side of how we see ourselves and see each other and to understand and appreciate how different we are, but not to see that as a bad thing, not to see that as a negative thing. So we'd love to dig in a bit more with you guys. Where you started, this whole journey for you, where did that start? Well, first of all, we just have to say thank you so much for reading the book in the first place. Whenever you're a person who puts things into the world, you never know how it's going to hit. And for us, having such positive reactions for everyone who reads this book is like, it, it's the reason why we wrote it. It just fills us up so much. And so it just means a lot that you, that you both kind of have felt something inspired by it in some small way. So that's incredible. Yeah, thank you for that. Oh, of course. So we started with a curious question. Uh, what if you could take the parts of yourself that other people criticize, traits that they call defiant, dangerous, and different, these things are traditionally counterintuitive to your success. And we wanted to ask the question, what if you could turn those counterintuitive traits, those vices, into your selling points? So as you mentioned at the heart of Rare Breed, it's, it's really an unconventional business uh, book, but it's a personal development book as well. And it's really designed to help you not only become more self-aware about these traits that you have probably been... Uh, that are, that are in you. Some of them you've probably made invisible. And we wanted to try to unlock uh, that within other people so that they could not only hear that voice, but begin to celebrate it. You know, traditionally rare breeds have been cast out. They're misunderstood. Um, they're vices for a reason. And we wanted to flip the script on that and really help people develop this kind of, not only my, a rare breed mindset, but also really how th these unconventional traits can be uh, the source of not only differentiation, but but power in life, really. I think if we were all the same, if everybody on this planet was the same, what a boring yeah. world it would be. Yeah, but you you had have parents that nurtured that, you know, and the, 
you and your brothers are all so very different, and your parents always nurtured, as you know, as you guys. No, have no, told I'm, their, us. I'm the favorite. I'm definitely their favorite. <laughs> right. But aside from that, that, yeah, clear. there's yeah. always a favorite, yeah, right? That's <laughs> what you think. It's, it's not me. <laughs> they always told you guys to to be yourselves, and they spent time with yeah. you individually. So you feel that. I don't think everyone has that. Can you guys talk about your experience growing up and how you came about to this conclusion? Yeah, Linda, you you just made a really significant point and and that is is that I think it's a it's almost a privilege to have parents and family and friends who who want you the way you are. And so many people don't have that luxury. They they actually grow up in a situation where they're punished for being who they are. There's this big cliche like, show up as your authentic self and be who you are and all of that. And it's so much easier said than done because our experiences in life almost teach us different, you know? And then you really start to question yourself. You start to wonder, am I good enough? Uh, am I worthy enough? Am I all of these things? And we were just, I think, lucky to probably find each other, you know, and be able to support each other in that way. Yeah. Um, so it was really interesting. Yeah, and I think I think you touched on another thing, which is about identity, right? So our identities are being shaped from the moment that we're born, right? And the very eyes that we look into, one of the very very first set of eyes we ever look into is the eyes of our parents. And they already have hopes and dreams for us for a life we haven't even lived yet. And so that's being shaped. We're being conditioned from a very young age. And, and even as we get into high, you know, middle school, high school, that, that sense of who we are, it, it's, it's becoming molded. Those things, those inherent traits might be in us, but over time they get chipped away. And for some people they get chipped away and they're silent forever, you know, but what we wanted to, to do with Rare Breed was to awaken those people. So if they were um, had had a voice that they were like, you know what, I'm I'm in a job that I don't really connect with. I'm I'm doing something I don't really love. How could we uh, give them the courage, or perhaps the to witness them and say, look, we see you, we 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 see who you are, and uh, you can you can come as your full self, not just the pretty parts. And and that's really what rare breed is about. I think it's about a celebration of things that we have traditionally been told are the things we should make invisible. And so, growing up for both of you. What was it that you felt should should sort of make you invisible that uh, made you a rare breed that you then started to celebrate? What were those components of your personalities? I mean, I I came out. I think my parents were like, I don't know I what to do with this one. Swinging, <laughs> yeah, they're like, ah, <laughs> this is a wild card. Uh, but you know, they 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 didn't really know. I think what to do with me, and so they because they didn't know what to do with me. I think they were just like, well, we're 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 seeing that she's kind of a little bit of a a, a, a wild card. Um, and I think at some points in time, they just began to champion it. They were like, well, if you can't, can't beat them, join them. Um, <laughs> but I think that for you, Ashley, I think you, you kind of grew up in a little bit of a different environment where, I mean, you can speak to that, but yeah, it was you know, different I, than how I grew up for yeah, sure. Yeah, I had a, um, man, I had a great childhood, you know, but at the same time, there was certain things that I just felt like I couldn't, I couldn't really be because there was, there was this idea of, I think in in our community of of what you did um, to be a good human and to and to kind of go with the crowd and to get into high school and kind of do certain things and I never really felt part of that. I never really felt like I totally belonged to that. Maybe on the surface, you know, I tried my best to, to fit in in some ways, but there's this internal struggle that you have around that doesn't quite feel like me, you know. And I I think 
you know, I, I came out at a very early age and, you know, that was really uncomfortable and weird for a lot of people in my family. And it was just, it was just a situation where I felt like I had to grow into who I was. Um, and then over time, you know, you just become, I became so much more comfortable with that, but it's just that learning about who you are and figuring yourself out that I think is a struggle for a lot of people who feel different and who feel like they don't really kind of fit the mold. And what's really interesting about how Rare Breed even came about was, you know, we were... So so just to back up a little bit. So we we grown up together. We dropped out of college together in our early 20s to start our branding agency, Motto, uh, in our early 20s with like 250 bucks, right? Like as women, which is... I think we're like still 0.1% of all agencies owned by women are in the branding agency space are owned by women. So we were kind of up against some odds, right? And everyone around us was like, you're too broke, you're too inexperienced, you're too female to succeed in a world where 60 year sad men are making the rules. And that that doubt, that kind of, um, you know, the naysayers, right? Like the doubters, uh, it started to, you know, get in the back of your mind. You're like, wow, you know, maybe we're not cut out for entrepreneurship, right? So we're like a year and a half into business and we're just thinking about quitting. We're like, we don't want to do this anymore. Like this is this is a dogfight. You know, we're broke. We're like sleeping at the at the warehouse. You know, we're just not really able to get a lot of clients. And we have this pivotal conversation with my dad at the time, who's all who was also an entrepreneur. And he's like, "You two are a rare breed." He's like, "Of course, no one's not everybody's going to get you." He's like, "You have to succeed because of who you are, not despite who you are." And it was literally that conversation that kind of flipped the script on like how we started to see the things that were we were we were thinking were negatives they were actually mm-hmm. our positives like in a world full of balloons we were we were sharp knives and we just needed to accept that like we needed to really lean into it and it completely changed the way that we ran our business and it started to allow us to have more confidence it allowed us to really lean into those traits uh, it really started we started to get hired for those traits sometimes fired for those traits <laughs> but mostly hired for those traits and mm-hmm. you know 15 years later, we decided to write a book about it. So he gave us that phrase in like 2007 and we wrote the book in 2019. So all that time we were kind of studying rare breeds at work, rare breeds in careers, what, what traits really uh, help celebrate people and then, and then actually turned it into kind of an ethos as to what mm-hmm. it is right now. Thank you, dad, for that. Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah. How did that yeah, moment... Yeah, it was awesome. Um, how did that moment change, the, change your relationship with one another in the way you worked and in your personal life? Well, we used to clash a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm a, I'm a very like highly sensitive person, I would say. Emotional. Really, really <laughs> emotional. I get called too emotional. Um, mm. I feel things really deeply. Um, I'm pretty intuitive. You know, it's all of those things, all those watery things. Is it my sign? I don't Probably. know. But like, but yeah, and I'm audacious. <laughs> so we were just like, so we butted to understand each other in the beginning. And for us, it was kind of a, um, I don't know, a learning process to figure out how to see each other as gifts instead of things that you're like constantly kind of fighting and at war with, you know, because there was this deep respect and this mad love uh, for each other and, 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 and our ideas and our thoughts. But at the same time, like we were lacking communication skills. And I think this is what happens so often between people who have very different personalities, not just personalities, but inherent values and and traits about them, characteristics about them. They don't know how to communicate with each other. You know, it's like people who have different love languages sometimes, you know? So me as an emotional person and you a very sensitive person, 
you as a very audacious sort of rebellious thinker who's kind of always gunning and always kind of thinking huge. And, you know, it was hard sometimes for me to even catch up for that. Cause I was like, wait a minute, I just need to, I need to think about it. <laughs> she's like, wait a minute. I was like, let's write another book. And she's no, like, just shut up. But this is the thing. So <laughs> I know this when, whole time she was yeah. just like, <laughs> Lynn, Lynn and I, right. but we don't want to reveal anything because we, we took the quiz yeah. and yeah. We, we won't say yet. Okay. Um, we'll say after. However, just on that I one note that you said, obvious. how like Ashley would be like, I just need a minute. I'm like, Linda says the same thing, but her minute is a day. And right. I, and I've made, Sometimes I've made my decisions. minute is like a week, yeah. you know? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she's like, I don't even understand how as, you have that much energy. You yeah, know? I, I mean, just dream really big. She, and, and you, Sunny, you have never ending energy. And sometimes I'm like, oh man, I just, I'm, I'm so deep in my <laughs> thoughts and my feelings. I can't see my way out. And that's my virtue and oh my, my vice, right? And mm-hmm. this is, the, we, all, we all have these one or two or maybe three things about us that are like, man, this is such a gift within me, but it's also a real burden at times. And so learning about how to work with other people who are very different from you, and you've got to value that diversity because you don't want to be around like-minded thinkers and have that group think going on all the time. You need people who can compliment you and can check you and can help you grow Mm -hmm. as an individual by being who they are. And so that's kind of what our journey has been. (laughs) It's a journey about just self-discovery, self-discovery and learning how to work really well together. Would you guys be able to, for our listeners, go through each of the virtues and just list one way to celebrate those virtues if, if that speaks to you know, anyone listening? Yeah, yeah, of course. So the seven are rebellious, audacious, obsessed, weird, hot-blooded, hypnotic, and emotional. And as we were coming to the seven, what we wanted to make sure that they were was that they were, they were as, as powerful as they were undoing. In other words, they were they were a vice, but they were a virtue. And so, you know, rebels, right? We we've known rebels throughout the beginning of time. I think the very first rebel that comes to mind is like, you know, historically Eve taking the bite of the apple, right? She started like Eve just messed it up for everybody. You know what I mean? She <laughs> took that bite of the apple, being rebellious, like completely changed the course of of the world, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, Joan of Arc was a rare breed. Um you know, all, all these kind of historical figures that we've known, these rebels that have, that have come throughout time. Um, and now we see modern day rebels, you know, both in, in careers and, uh, you know, you can be rebellious at home and pick a crazy paint color and just, you know, just, just express who you are, you know, by being that, that rebellious self, you know, um, audacious. We talked about that. Obviously, that's sort of a visionary, somebody who's going to really dream big. There's no idea that's going to be elusive for them. They're going to chase the wildest rabbit there is. You know, there's nothing uh, that, that they feel can stop them. Um, obsession is, uh, you know, that, that trait where you're thinking up 24 seven, you know, sketching ideas in the shower. You're just, you're just obsessed with your idea and you'll do anything to try to, um, you know, make it, make it right, make it perfect. Um, weird that, you know, oddballs, strange people, you know, somebody comes to mind like Tim Burton, you know, without, without Tim Burton, there are no, uh, Edward Scissorhands and those mm-hmm. oddball movies that we've all just thought were so bizarre, but so a world unto it of itself, right? You need those strange weirdos, um, and outliers to really kind of, you know, Give us, give us new ways of seeing things. Mm. Um, Hot blooded, that passion, that fury, that that intensity that that it goes beyond passion, right? It's th- these people chase their passion down like it's the last bus of the night. Um, and then you know, hypnotic. These are charmers. These are people who are the most charisma charismatic person in the room. They're going to use their words, their influence, their their 
charisma. We we did an interview a while back with John Batiste. Do y'all know who that is? I know the name. From, uh, the, he's from the he's the piano player from the from the band show from that from the uh, oh, yes. Stephen Colbert. Stephen Colbert show. Right, 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 right. Yeah, fantastic jazz musician, incredible human being. But just his voice alone, like when we were interviewing, like he was just so he just like oozed hypnotism. I was like, I don't even know what question I'm asking him. He's just <laughs> so fascinating, you know. And I was like, no wonder. But we were talking about his that did he know he was doing it? Like, do, do you know you're that hypnotic? And like, can you influence people in a way that they'll do whatever you want them to do, you know? And, and how does that then can become sort of manipulative and dark mm. and, you know, all those things, but how do you use it as a force for good? And last but not least, emotional. You know, uh, one of the greatest emotional rare breeds of all time, Mr. Rogers. I mean, talk about somebody who just led with his heart and changed the world because of it. Um, being one of the most sensitive human beings I've ever been able to read about or know about. Uh, so yeah, the, all, all of these traits are so necessary for the world that we're in. ADT now professionally installs Google Nest products with their smart home security systems because ADT believes the smarter the home, the safer the security. Help protect what matters most with 24-7 professional monitoring from ADT and a little help from Google. You said that very professionally. I try. (laughs) Visit ADT.com to see how ADT can help you make your home smarter and safer. mentioned groupthink, which makes me think about social media. Can you talk about how social media plays a part in how we identify with ourselves and other people? You know, if if there's any hope for rare breed, I think it's that we want to change the conversation. You know, we want to change the conversation that you, you can be all of who you are, not just the pretty parts. And you can also... Uh, be celebrated. And not only can you recognize it first within yourself, but you can recognize it in others. And that's the thing that is is sort of really driving us is how do we change the conversation as a society? You know, where in some instances, right, standing out can get you killed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like just by the very nature of being who you are. But someone said something to me the other day that I thought was really powerful, which was she was talking about how uh, some of her queer friends are like, they don't like some of the people in the queer community who are really out and and kind of loud. And and she was saying like, she didn't understand that, you know? And we were talking about how, when someone shows up as their full self, when they're that loud, when maybe they're that audacious or they're that big in personality, they're often making room for you. Can you define that a bit more? So in some cases, like, you know, we were talking about uh, like drag queens, for example, or even Mm -hmm. like, you know, um, uh, you know, in, in, in the, in the queer community, like mm-hmm. sometimes she's as in her words, like extra. And she was just saying like some, some of her friends in the queer community, they're queer, but they're like, Oh, he or she's so extra. And why does, yeah. Why, why, why are they, that why do they have to be that way? Why do they draw so much attention to it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's a conversation. It's like that extraness is actually one day you'll see this. It's letting you actually show up in the world as who you are. Because they're so though so proudly themselves mm, and I see so what you mean. Yeah. so they're confident about for they, who, who they are that they make space for you. And in a world of social media where all you see is of uh, someone else's vision of who you should be, 
you know, your your own voice gets drowned out so much mm. by the millions, all that clutter that exists in social media about um, who you should be, what you should be doing, what your lifestyle should be, what your status should mm-hmm. be, what kind of brands you should be, you know, into what your what your music is, what your you know, it's just like all this stuff is coming at you to try to tell you who you are, what you should be, and what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. And very rarely do we give ourselves permission to actually like look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say, but is that is that real? Is that feel good to me? And so I think a lot of people get really lost in that world. And it's, it's, a, it's, it's a tough one to navigate for sure. How have you, with your relationships, what, what's your sort of step process to make sure that if you are in that mode where you just go, go, go to stop, check yourself, and then find new ways to communicate to improve the relationships? What we have found is, is that by understanding what is the kind of dominant trait that you're that you're most leaning into it also allows you to better understand once you know how the other person sometimes operates in the world it begins to give you another way to dialogue with them that maybe you didn't have before so there's a tool set there that you know it, again like drew if you know you're audacious you kind of can sense as as you really understand like what rare breeds are about and why they're audacious and what's kind of the the vice and the virtue of that right a lot of audacity can lead to you drinking your own Kool-Aid too and you, you kind of converge on hubris at times mm. uh, or obsession you know uh, being obsessed in in that's one of my secondary traits like obsession for me is like I'm so obsessed with perfectionism getting it right and doing it well that sometimes I can dr- almost paralyze people because I'm like my expectations are so high right mm-hmm. of myself and of those around me but if you didn't know that about me you would just be like wow she just like it just doesn't quit right like this is like but if you knew that I was obsessed and you knew that that in a team setting that was something that you could see as a perceived strength not mm. as a threat. And it just helps you be more aware of those traits at work and how they affect uh, what you're doing and your, mm. and your communication style with one another, for sure. Totally. And, and yeah, we, we hinted at it, but I think it's obvious. I'm the emotional one. Well, that's I, my dominant trait. Let me just <laughs> go into my- uh, he's, my Yeah, little, he's pulling out the book. Yeah, I'm pulling out. <laughs> this is- the Bible of our traits. Uh, there you go. Wait, are you playing it mine? It is the Bible. I love that. I'm pulling up Linda. Hold on. Hold on. Virtue seven. Linda. I mean, sorry. Emotional. <laughs> Linda and Ashley. Uh, sensitive, intuitive, compassionate, uh, sentimental, and vulnerable. An asset when a sensitive uh, with when a sensitive heart and intuitive understanding dissolve barriers between people and create connections that would otherwise be possible. Wouldn't otherwise be possible. Sorry, wouldn't otherwise be possible. A weakness when emotional expression isn't tempered by self-regulation leading to naivety, thin skin, feeling overwhelmed, and a tendency to feel easily judged, defeated, or heartbroken. Mm. How true is it, Linda? How true is it? Blink, blink, blink. (laughs) Super. Blink, blink, blink. Yeah. But when you see... Because I mean, Linda. Obviously, I feel like people can have multiple traits. Obviously, oh, sure. like you, you pointed out as well. But this really is Linda here. Um, but when you saw you on this page, how did that feel? Uh, I wanted to cry. <laughs> really? <laughs> I got emotional because I'm yeah. like, this is me, and I feel good in seeing that because it's nice to not see it as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Not that I, no, I lied. I was going to say not that I ever thought it was a bad thing, but you do when when you see, um, I guess when you see 
outwardly stronger traits out in the world, you feel like your quiet emotional trait is, you know, equated to weakness. Mm. Um, so yeah, for me, it's just like a process of learning how to use it um, and harness it and not just like clam up and, and but, cry. And, and not that crying is a bad thing, but like sometimes I get so emotional that like I feel like I'm going to like throw up my my words and it's just going to be like verbal diarrhea and like like this right now. Well, let me let me give you a, a piece of advice. You're both needed and you both probably work really well together for the very reasons that you don't work well together. Mm-hmm. And the thing that you have to remember is you, Drew, have to be patient because she needs that sort of, she needs to be able to process, right? You're, you're moving at hyperspeed. And what she is is a reminder to slow down. And what you are a reminder for her is to keep dreaming bigger and to yeah. not let those, you know, you just wired differently and that's okay. Like the, the, the fact that you are emotional is so powerful. Like Ashley is in my opinion, like she's brilliant at like reading a room and being able to feel things and see things that I don't see. And I like rely on her. Like if I was blind, she is my sensory. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and that is so important because as audacity has blind spots, we, we, we don't see any boundaries. We only see possibility. And sometimes someone who's emotional or even someone who's like on a different, you know, one of the traits, they can really help balance out your thinking a little bit. And you're both strong in very different ways. And I, I love emotional people because they, they literally operate on a different frequency than everyone else. Be proud. Mm-hmm. Be but proud, I, Linda. But I'm, I'm, Linda, I'm with you though. Cause it's like, I think my biggest lesson as being someone, I think we get each other in some ways is, you know, I, I, it took a long time for me to figure out how to get over my own dark side, mm. you know, my own weight that mm. I would bring to certain situations mm. and, um, and, and learn how to lighten up sometimes as well. It's a hard thing to do, but I think when you can lean into really, really understanding yourself, you know, you, you earn respect. It's powerful. It's powerful content. You know, it's, it's, it's amazing what it's become in teams, what it's become. We've seen it. We've had parents reach out. Uh, somebody uh, in the talk that we did earlier today, we did a, 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 an entrepreneurial conference, leadership conference, and we were talking about how rare breeds are going to be the new, the rare breed thinking is going to be the new leadership mindset for the 2020s mm-hmm. and the kind of the new career mindset uh, for, for success. And somebody raised their hand at the end of the talk and they said, I'm the parent of a rare breed. And how would you coach me to not suppress who they are? Like they're right at that kind of cusp of becoming, you know, who they are. And I'm, I'm wanting to sort of steer them in a different direction. Like I don't want them to go down the road that they're going down. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, this is such a universal concept. You know, it's surprising us, right? It's become Mm -hmm. bigger than a book. It's really become a mindset. It's become a movement. It's become a way to communicate with one another. It's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing because I believe that when you think of the word rare breed, a lot of times, like when we describe somebody who's different, we use words like outlier or misfit. And what that suggests is that there's something about you that's flawed. Mm. What rare breed is doing is it's giving you a way to recognize and witness somebody else and say, you're, you're, you're one of a kind. Mm-hmm. And because you're one of a kind, I celebrate you. That's amazing. Yeah. That's amazing that, that you know, par- parents can use this yeah. to raise rare breeds. I, oh, I do yeah. love as well, if uh, you know, you're thinking, when I think back to like my parents' generation, 
um, it was so different how they lived compared to how aware we are of certain things nowadays and and also certain sensitivities and not labeling people the way that they might have backed multiple generations ago, but to see parents that are actually thinking outside the box because they want to learn and grow themselves. doesn't matter what age you are. Mm. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to read this right. and I'm going to chapter wipe, Drew wipe and my Sunny. boogers off of my nose. <laughs> All right. Let's, gonna, let's, let's hear about okay. us. <laughs> Virtue two, audacious, bold, ambitious, visionary, unstoppable, and daring. <laughs> Check, 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 I think, check. Yeah. Do I need high, to use my superhero voice for this? Yes. <laughs> Let's an, do it. <laughs> an asset when unshakable conviction and a crazy vision unlocks futures that don't exist and inspires people to attempt the impossible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds a about weakness right. when egotism breeds a reckless disregard for reality and the inability to acknowledge one's shortcomings. Audacious people move the world forward. It's so important. They're so important. You know, somebody has to dream really, really big. Somebody has to want to put people on Mars. So audacious people are, they're, they're a real gift, but so are emotions, so are, so are obsessed people. You know, they're so important because they don't, they don't let mediocrity be in their vocabulary. You, you want that hot-blooded person in the room because they bring a passion and an intensity and a fury to, you know, uh, uh, sometimes lukewarm situations, you know, like you, you want those, you want those people. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. You know, our, our podcast here too, it's all about, you know, home, you know, at home, but home is so much more than the structure. And and to truly be happy at home, you have to be happy in your own skin. And that will also affect you in every aspect of your life. And so I, I like how you're saying too, you know, every every different trait, every person out there, there is something that that trait has that makes this world complete. It really... Yeah. And I think that's something that is definitely worth celebrating. We 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 celebrate that, I, and I also love. It's it's almost adventurous now. After reading Rare Breed, it's adventurous talking to people to try and understand their traits, yeah. and then understanding how to best communicate with people to create mm-hmm. a positive experience for both of us. Because have, have you ever had it where you have a conversation with somebody and afterwards you're like, that did not go well, or oh, I don't, I don't think they're <laughs> they going to hire get us. Me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah, all the time. And I, and I get time. that too. But now, I, you know, I, I really sit back and I think, okay, in this conversation, as I'm in the conversation, I can start to understand wh- what I'm potentially saying wrong that that could create that moment and change that. So. Yeah. It almost reminds me of like a new Myers Brig in a weird sort of way. I mean, we didn't we didn't write it in that in, intentional way, but we've been doing it in teams, like global teams that some of the biggest brands in the world were going in and we're helping them um, not only think like this, but we're we're helping them work as teams because sometimes if you're in a team scenario and especially in a corporate structure, it's like the next rung, the next rung. You're just trying to get up the corporate ladder and you're just trying not to get like thrown off along the way, right? And what we're trying to do is fuse teams together to say, look, nobody's out for your job. Mm-hmm. Like this is about helping each other work together and be able to be innovative, especially in this new landscape where all of the rules have changed and business is not going back to usual and our careers are not going back to usual. So how do we sort of pivot and adopt? And Rare Breed gives you some of that framework thinking to be able to navigate it in really new and exciting ways. And again, use those, those virtues that you have to, to literally kick down any door that you want. Mm-hmm. Do you find, I would assume most people think that um, a lot of leaders are audacious, but in my mind, I would think that there are so many leaders that are far from audacious because there are so many other valuable traits all across the board. What, what have you found? Actually, the funny thing is, is you would assume that leaders are audacious and we have actually found 
kind of the opposite. Yeah. We have to push push that audacity sometimes in the leaders that we work with. And, and that's just because I believe that even leaders are taught to have some of these conventional traits are taught to be stable and decisive and, you know, logical and just kind of by the rule book, so to speak. And mm-hmm. many leaders still, they still go by that. They still go down that path. Um, and so being audacious is actually a, a vulnerability in and of itself that I think a lot of leaders struggle to, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I think some of the best leaders of all are actually emotional leaders. Um, it's very rare to find um, a leader who actually has empathy, who has, who can really feel and care about humans and mm-hmm. and, and people. Um, it's a really rare quality that I think a lot of leaders aspire to. Um, but you know that emotional intelligence is is amazing mm-hmm. when you when you see it. So I love working with emotional leaders. Mm. Um, and of course the rebels too, because they just like to break stuff and, 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 and go. <laughs> They're we, fun. We just yeah. worked with Rebel Wilson and I know exactly what you're talking about. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> love it. So as uh, audacious and emotional, being together as a couple, what do you both do together and separately to nurture yourselves, especially during this time? Well, Ash is a mad cook. Let me tell you that. She's on fire when it comes to cooking. Like food is soul, man. You gotta, you gotta eat. You know, food yeah. is. I can't. Is love. You do not want me to cook anything for you. You'll be like, you'll, you will literally look down and be like, mm, that's not appetizing. But that is so you too. Burning the toast. It's oh, like, totally burning the toast. Yeah. No wonder. No. I'm like, no. why is this taking yeah, so long? Why is this taking so long? Just hurry it up. And you're like, oh, that's burnt yeah. already. Thanks. It's, it's still, on fire. You would leave the sticker on the apple when you make apple pie. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. No. No, no lack, totally lack right. of patience um, mm-hmm. in that. So yeah, honestly, we don't actually spend a whole lot of time apart. We're we are together, yeah, twenty four seven all the time. Yeah, um, but it works for us. Like for some people, I don't I don't think it does. But for us, it's like literally our superpower. Like you know, this is this we are we're like two peas in a pod, man. We gotta we gotta stick it out, and we love it, and we work so well together now. And it's it's really become like she's she's amazing at everything. I'm not. And we have made it work. We have figured it out. And um, it's it's really cool when you do. So it sounds like you guys mm. have figured it out too. Another one of my hobbies is get you to try to take care of yourself. Oh, like go to sleep. I'm like a vampire. I don't, I don't like sleeping. <laughs> I don't, I just like, who needs She's sleep? like, it's night again. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. so I know. I was like, wasn't it just dark? You know? Oh my gosh. Like, I, you who know, needs it's- sleep? It's so funny to hear the two of you talk about your your traits because it's exactly the same with Lyndon and me in so many ways. And yeah. and I'm like that. I mean, we we actually will both go. Like yesterday, actually, I think we we were work 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 work, and we didn't realize we literally didn't leave our our desks the entire day. We didn't even Been get outside there. to see the sun. Uh, but you know, it's I guess we have found good balance with each other though, which which I really enjoy. Um, I can definitely see it. I can see it with with how you both communicate, and it's it's cool to see. Thanks and, for letting us in on it. Oh, of Thank course. You. Thank you for inspiring us. And and I really love how, you know, everything that you guys have have learned over the years that you're sharing with the world, it's it's changing the world too. Because you look at there's so many people, you know, we we released a documentary not too long ago on on the energy landscape in America. And yeah. one of the arguments from one of the policymakers uh, that we were talking to about what, you know, why fossil fuels, why would you try to be opening more coal plants when you could be doing something regenerative? Their yeah. their mind frame was, well, it's always been done this way. So mm-hmm. 
And oh, just, rare breeds hate that. Oh my gosh, it, exactly. It just blows my <laughs> mind when you hear something like that. So I really enjoy um, hearing reminders of reasons why you don't just need to conform with what how it's always been. Mm-hmm. Let's think outside the box and let's celebrate difference. Let's celebrate doing something different and being ourselves, um, even if it is different. So before we go, before we wrap up, what I would love is, do you have just like a few little sort of... Um, you know, check-ins that people and of our listeners can do with themselves to to check in and make sure that they're continuing to to celebrate them themselves, their differences, and communicate best uh, with people of different traits. Uh, I think the first thing is to recognize it in yourself, and then celebrate someone else. So, you know, I would tell anybody listening to this, you know, when when they listen to this, that you know, pick up the phone and call somebody and be like, you know. You're such a rare breed, and I love that about you. And you know, you've done you've done so many things that, that I think are just so amazing. And and you just like you really share that because what I think we do is we make hope viral. Uh, we make we make rare breeds viral for other people. And I I just think that's you know something that that we can all do. And it doesn't it doesn't cost you a thing. Just a little bit of time, just yeah. a little bit of energy. Just go and 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 call somebody and tell them, man, I think you're a rare breed. And I think you should read this book yes. <laughs> and take this <laughs> quiz. So then I can know what you are, you know? Yeah. For- <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's amazing. Ashley? You know, I think it's really important to give yourself permission to ask this question about yourself. That's a good one. Like we just spend so much of our lives just, you know, going with the flow. A lot of people do, unless you're already living in a rare breed world and you just can't help yourself. But I think there's a lot of closet rare breeds out there who are just dying to be to claw out of that. And it's about giving yourself permission to do it. You know, you don't have to live a life someone else wants you to live and you don't have to be someone someone else wants you to be if you don't want that for yourself. Ask yourself the question, build the self-awareness. You know, who do I want to be? Who am I? Just answer that. It's going to be amazing what you find out. And I love how both both of your uh, sort of tips for for everyone listening. It's internal. It's starting internal. I mean, yeah. it's not just going straight out there uh, into the world to tell other people about who they are, or what they are. It's just reflecting internally, and then that in turn will help you get out there. So, mm-hmm. well, thank you so much for taking some time to chat with us and. I think we need to go and re- reread again. You know, it's like when you watch a movie and then you watch a movie yeah. a second time, you get even Rare breed more stays out of it. with you for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like watching Inception. It's like, wait, what? Yeah. The, the rare breed within the rare breed. Yeah. 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 Well, it's like, oh my goodness. I love it. Well, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. This it has been so like fun. A therapy session. <laughs> we'll talk to you again soon. All, All right, right, guys. Thank, thank you so you much. Both so Have much. a beautiful night. It's so funny to see how similar Ashley and Sunny and their dynamic is to you and me. Oh my gosh, I felt like we were talking to ourselves. Looking but in a more, more evolved versions of ourselves. Yeah, better educated Smarter on how to communicate. Well, thanks to Ashley and Sunny for joining us. I want to dig in to you and me. And I want to, it's so ten, almost 10 years together. And we still do get into arguments or debates or whatever no you want to call way. it. No, we never do. <laughs> Like any relationship, you know, you spend time with people, whether it's family, friends, whoever it is, you spend more time together, you're bound to get on each other's nerves at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's funny to me how we still fall into the same arguments. traps and arguments based on the same things and the same types yeah. of communication when we have learned. And then, you know, you read a book like Rare Breed 
And in that, Ashley and, and Sunny are talking about you know, the, the things to recognize in yourself and other people so that you know how to communicate better. Mm-hmm. Yet I still fall into the same traps in how I try to communicate. Yeah, because we're human. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you think you're superhuman. Well, I am <laughs> audacious. Um, there's fuzz in my mouth. The fuzz. But you know what I, th- I think it is? For me, I think that the trap is that we live in a busier time if you look back to like when our parents were kids or, or young adults or whatnot, it wasn't as busy a time. It wasn't as connected a time because of technology, social media, or they were digital. More con- they were more connected in a different way. They were connected in a different way. But I'm, what I'm saying is there's so much in our face right now because yeah. you can connect with people immediately via social media mm-hmm. or you can get news events and whatever's happening. Work as well. You get an immediate response via email, whereas back in the day, it would have taken more time. Yeah. So with that much connectivity and that much happening, maybe I'm just not taking the time to communicate the way I should. Oh, because- 100%. Uh, if you're looking for a yes or no, yes, mm-hmm. you're right. Um, because I do notice that when we're not as busy, the way we both communicate with one another is kinder and more, thoughtful, more yeah. considerate um, and just more th- you know, thought through. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, a hundred percent. It's, it's because we're always so busy yeah. that we use a shorthand that can come off as rude. So what are, I think there are two sides, you know, I never think any relationship, I never think that I can change the other person because I think that's the wrong outlook. Mm-hmm. I think what can I change within myself that can help me strengthen this relationship with whoever it might be. However, in the back of my mind, though, I still think I'm like, hopefully that person has the same outlook and they're willing to change some things on their end that will help our, our communication. Are you trying to tell me something? Are you, hint, hint, are you hint, Linda, hint. <laughs> no, but I do. Like, I, I think because a lot of times, you know, if I come across, I'm too short, right? I'm loud. I'm and the short one. You're, it's true. But uh, my words are short, <laughs> like you. Um, anyway, so if I'm trying to improve some communication that way, but is there a way from your end that you can change as well where we're meeting in the middle a little bit or yeah, is it? I, wait, are you, again, are you asking me or are you? In like, general terms, I'm not talking oh, about you and me. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I can't tell. Let's give an example. When you and I are talking and so I, I am more sort of personality wise, as you know, if you break us down, I'm sort of this driven, I'm bold. Um, I, Contrast to Linda, whereas Linda is more contemplative, thoughtful. Um, and again, when you look at the different traits in rare breed, Linda's emotional, I'm audacious. So when we communicate with each other, though, sometimes Linda will get her, her mind is just really in a funk or something's got her upset. And it takes her a very long time to get out of that. Whereas I can recognize it, I change my thought process, and I move on and right. back to a positive you don't, you don't state. You don't feel through, where is all this fuzz coming from? You don't feel as hard or as, I don't want to say you don't feel as deeply, but like things don't affect you as deeply as it does me, I find. Or like I I need to sit through things. I process quicker. Yeah. And I don't, which I've been working on. Like I, I want to sit through the feelings, but sometimes I do find it's. A little too long. But th- that's the thing. So my whole thing is I I don't think there's anything wrong with sitting through feelings and, no. and taking time to think things through. What I do feel strongly is bad is if somebody is in a funk or if somebody is really upset and it's a negative energy, I feel it's not good for a person or for the environment around that person to be in a negative energy. And so if there's something that, that I can do to help you or you can do to get out of that, 
quicker. I think it's better. But here's what I was getting at though. My problem is in my mind, if I'm in a negative funk, I literally can just say to myself, be happier, just get over it. And and I'm good to go because I'm changing my thought process and I go. But if I try and use something like that to Linda, like, no, try smiling. Uh, it You have to stop using that example because that example in itself like drives me yeah, insane. That's what I mean. Like you can see right, right away the energy and you but can you, hear it. You know, that's a bad example because like, so- what you said No, it's a great example because it doesn't work. That's what I'm saying. It's for me personally that would work so ideally. What you do, what Drew does, is he like tries to crack a joke or like use sarcasm because we're to lighten poo, the mood. We're poo heads and we use sarcasm a lot. But like sometimes in the wrong at the wrong time, I you know it's not funny. Um, well, okay. So yeah, sometimes you crack jokes way too soon. But I, I do appreciate that you're trying to make me laugh. But at the same time, it's like, let me work through it and support it by, I don't know, by asking me how you can support it instead of, yeah. t- instead of prescribing a way I can get over it. Yeah, I, I guess that's the thing to me. I, got, I have to learn more how not to, not to try and use what would work for me exactly, for communication I'm not you on you. And you're exactly. Not me. Well, I mean, with all this said, I just think that it's a nice reminder that us as human beings are always growing and should always be learning and always be looking inward to see what we can do to improve ourselves and our relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think there's lots to learn, lots to practice, lots of places to mess up still. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I am a messy guy. Not really, actually, I'm very organized. I'm so. the messy one. Well, thank you for joining us. It's always great to hang out with you guys. And if you want to check out any of our videos from the podcast, be sure to check those out on youtube.com slash at home. Mm-hmm. And we want to thank our entire at home team. The team. We could not do anything without them. Brandon Angelino. Mm-hmm. Wesley Friend. Hannah Friend. Courtney Ioannis. Annalie Bell. Chris Cobain. And Victoria Sean Chad Carlson for our song Feels Like Home. We will see you guys next Tuesday. See you at home.